get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. In 10 minutes, we'll get to a game of in or out. You give us a scenario. We'll tell you if we are in or out. You can do so on the Air Comfort Service X line at 314-399-9646. But right now, we're happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by our friend, the Cardinals insider for The Athletic, Katie Wu, joining us here on the show as she does each and every Monday. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How was your weekend? Guys, it was good, but, you know, I'm a little sad this morning as I check my calendar. We are running out of Mondays in this regular season, and uh, I don't know the where best. the time has gone. Yeah. Maybe for the best, maybe. Say. Yeah, we, we will miss speaking to you every week. We will not miss recapping some of the weekends for the Cardinals. And let's be honest, Katie, I'm sure you could find better things to do than listening to us <laughs> talk for eight minutes, right? No way. You guys are the top-rated uh, midday radio show for a reason come on once upon a time Uh, katie i do want to ask you a little bit about the press conference that you guys had uh with john mosaylock on friday prior to this series against the phillies Uh, he had a lot to say specifically about the coaching staff and then some of their off-season planning what was the biggest thing that you took away from john mosaylock's availability Sure. You know, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, and, of course, he led with the announcement that Ollie Marmel would return to manage the Cardinals in 2024, final year of his three-year contract he initially signed in 2021. That was not really a surprise. Uh, I know that maybe the text line and Twitter felt otherwise, <laughs> but the Cardinals were never really planning to make a managerial change. If St. Louis was, it would have happened in late May or early June when there was still a chance of salvaging the season. When the Cardinals went into July and had a set plan for what they were going to do at the trade deadline, it was very clear to me that Ollie Marmel was going to stay as the manager. And really, there was just no point in making a managerial change for next year. If the Cardinals want to compete and be a competitive team in 2024, they have to, at some point, add some free agents. And there's a lot of question marks surrounding St. Louis to begin with. Um, The the last thing you want to do is throw in a, a manager change as well. So that was, I think, the biggest uh, newsworthy item that most said, but there was a lot of things that he hinted at underlying, of course, reiterating the Cardinals would be adding pitching both in the rotation and uh, in the bullpen, but also, you know, not committing to any kind of other changes for the coaching staff or player development. Uh, didn't say, you know, who's rather ambiguous on what that could look like. And I do understand that to an extent. A lot of times these things aren't 100% clarified for either side, both from the front office and the coaching side, until after the end of the year meetings that Mo usually runs uh, within the first week of the off season. But I would think that changes are coming to the organization. And I think that instead of focusing on the major league staff, we should be focusing on player development and baseball operations in general. It's clear to me the Cardinals have problems on the major league side, obviously. But when you're looking at their organizational-wide issues, it starts with their player development. And I think you can make the argument if you're the Cardinals 
to add instead of subtract from the staff. So rather on focusing who could potentially be losing their jobs, I think St. Louis will roll into the offseason looking to add jobs, add resources, especially to their farm system. Uh, there's many, many things that the Cardinals have been exposed in, but I think pitching development and player development in the minor leagues has been a big focus for, for this season. How drastic of changes do you expect, Katie, on that player development side this offseason? Um, you know, I think it's a... I don't think it's something that can be changed in one off season, right? You know, I don't want to come out there and say the Cardinals are going to completely revamp their entire organization and add three pitchers and become a playoff team again over the course of four months. I think we're setting our standards a little high there. But I do think this will be the beginning of incorporating a lot of changes to the system for the Cardinals in, in terms of adding more resources and being more modern. Um, when the Cardinals hired Jeff Albert, there was a lot of talk about revamping the minor league system so that both the major league system and the minor league system are on the same page in terms of offense. Now, Dusty Blake is regarded within the organization as one of the smartest pitching minds in the league, but do they have the resources in the minor leagues to back up what Dusty's trying to implement at the major league level? Doesn't look like it. I just think there's not enough resources and not enough staff to make that organization change. John Mazalak has gone out and talked about the need to add more swing and miss to the staff. Well, one way to do that, of course, is to go – get a starting pitcher off the free agent market or trade for one. But those things come at a pretty high price. Another way to do it is to develop it, develop it internally. We're seeing a lot of teams, Atlanta comes to mind, the Dodgers, Tampa Bay, developing those kinds of pitchers. So I think the Cardinals could spend a lot of time focusing on revamping their player development system. And that's where I think most of the changes are going to come next season. You're going to start to see an implement of revamping and restructuring the player development side. We're talking to Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Katie, they are going to, though, have to go out to the market and add that pitching, at least for the immediate future. A lot of what you're talking about, they hope pays dividends in future seasons, you know, two, three, four, five years down the road. But for the immediacy, they, they, they've got to add serious talent to this rotation. And we saw Aaron Nola over the weekend, who is at least a potential target for the Cardinals. He went four and two-thirds innings, just one strikeout, only a few handful of swing and misses against the Cardinals. Uh, You've probably looked into the numbers as much as we have. He's had a really tough time down the stretch of this season. How do you view Aaron Nola as a potential offseason target for the Cardinals right now? I think the Cardinals have a higher chance of going after Aaron Nola than they do Blake Snell because I think the biggest question for Nola going forward is his durability. You know, obviously he hasn't had quite the September that the Phillies or Nola really wanted. But when you look at his underlying metrics, and I think the start against the Cardinals on Friday was an outlier, obviously not what Aaron Nola can do on any given night. I I do think the Cardinals Cardinals are going to be more inclined to take a chance on him. Again, durability is in question, but he's made, you know, at least 30 starts every year for the past four years, minus the 2020 COVID season. He eats a lot of innings. Uh, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. He has that swing and miss. And when you're looking at what the Cardinals really need in their staff, it's that top of the rotation arm they can count on to take the ball every five days. They feel like they have a durable, a durable option in Miles Michaelis, but of course Miles has not had the season that anyone has wanted from him. Uh, and with Steven Matz being the only other assured starter, there's not a lot of durability there. So I think the Cardinals, above all, are looking for someone that they can count on to take the ball every five days. You look at the metrics for Aaron Nola and you see what he can do, swing and miss, the fastball, the way that he pitches, I think would only be, uh, would only improve given the pitching friendly confines of Bush Stadium and the defense, which 
I know we've talked a lot about the defense being a far cry from what the Cardinals usually expect, but let's keep in mind the kind of players they're rolling out there in the second half aren't exactly what they envision fielding their major league club with. So I still think Nola is probably the prime target for the Cardinals. I think they're high on him. I think they'll make a play for him. Um, I'm not over concerned that the season has been a bit of a grind, a bit of inconsistency uh, number-wise, ERA-wise. I do think the Cardinals are looking at the underlying metrics and still targeting him as their guy. Who do you think those two, three are then going to be, Katie, if the Cardinals are going down that path of three starting pitchers? We've talked a lot about, you know, guys like Sonny Gray and maybe not names, but do you see it more as the two and three are going to be established pitchers or maybe one or both of those two and threes are going to be guys who are looking to reinvent their careers? You know, I think we have an idea of what the Cardinals should do. And we also have an idea of what the Cardinals will probably do. Nice. Um, I, we talk a lot about depth. And the Cardinals don't have a lot of depth. But there also needs to be a quality over quantity mindset. You can't just go out there, if you're the Cardinals front office, and acquire three pitchers that don't move the needle in terms of improving your rotation. There's a difference between improving depth and improving performance. So I do expect the Cardinals to pursue all markets, free agency, trades, international, um, and they've had some success, especially over in uh, the Japan leagues, Korean leagues, and uh, finding good, substantial talent there. But it's no secret, this is going to cost a lot of money. Uh, there's a reason why pitching is always in such high demand. Everybody needs it. Everybody wants it. So when John Mozeliak a couple weeks ago went out and said the Cardinals needed three starting pitchers, he didn't say they needed three aces, although you can make the argument that they do. That's not feasible, right? The Cardinals aren't going to go out there and pick up Snell, Nola, Gray, call it a day. That's not happening. I'd like that. That would be awesome. Why I'm not, sure. Katie? Wouldn't hold them accountable. That'd be, that'd be wonderful. But <laughs> let's, let's set our uh, – <laughs> that's good. Let's set the, the expectations here. They're going to get one of the three maybe, and the job for finding the next one or two pitchers that complement that big acquisition is to make sure you are finding depth coverage, yes, but finding a quality option in that depth. The Cardinals don't need any more four or five starters. They have plenty of those. They need to find affordable but consistent and dependable starting pitching that can slot in in the upper rotation. Of course, guys, that is so much easier said than done. You said the word consistent and dependable there. They do not apply to Tyler O'Neill's 2023 season, Whoa. to say the least. He's back on the injured list again, this time with a right foot sprain. Katie, I, I just want your perspective on this, because obviously this is not the year that Tyler O'Neill was hoping for or the year that the Cardinals were hoping for from Tyler O'Neill. And now they've got big decisions to make in the offseason. He's due for his final season of arbitration. It'll probably be about a seven-plus million-dollar pay pay scale for him this offseason if they decide to tender him. What do you think the future holds, at least in the immediacy, for Tyler O'Neill with the Cardinals? Yeah, he's a big question going forward, and it's unfortunate just when you think about how this entire season has transpired for both Tyler and the Cardinals. Neither side is happy about it. Um, We talked about this. Tyler has all the makings of a dynamic player when he's available, but being available is part of being a dynamic player. So I think the Cardinals have a decision to make in terms of what they do with him in the offseason because that will dictate, you know, who's available on the trade market, what, what priority do they need to put on other players, is Tyler going to be here, can they count on him? A lot of things are kind of factored into that decision. His trade value has never been lower from a business perspective. Uh, you know, it was pretty high after 2021, you can see why the Cardinals kept on to him in 2022. Um, and they really decided to keep him at the trade deadline and hope that these final two months would boost up his trade value. 
Uh, I think it's done the opposite just because he hasn't been available. He doesn't play very often. And the performance has been okay, but when you factor that in with the fact that he, you know, needs a lot of rest days, he's dealing with a lot of injuries, it's hard to justify that value both internally and externally. So I do think the Cardinals have a big decision to make. I do think Tyler has enough talent to for another team to be interested in, but when you throw in the injury history and the fact that he'll be a free agent after 2024, you can see why opposing teams wouldn't be willing to give up much in terms of a trade. And you can see why the Cardinals might feel a need to move on from Tyler just because they have that crowd in the outfield. But there's also maybe a reason to hold on to him because they might have to trade away some of those, uh, you know, the versatile players and the, the Edmonds, the Donovans, in, in terms to land a starting pitcher. So all of these things are pretty complex. They're all intertwined. But I do think if finding starting pitching is priority 1A and relief pitching is 1B, Tyler O'Neill's future is still in that number one priority right in there at 1C. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. We'll certainly be uh, reading your work over at The Athletic. People can read about uh, what you had to say on the Cardinals' decisions with their development and what the staffing is going to look like in the future. You've got a great piece over there on The Athletic right now. People can find that on her Twitter account, at Katie J. Wu. We appreciate the time as always. We'll talk with you again next week. You got it, guys. Have a good one.